Hello and welcome to this national online service from the Church of England commemorating the coronation of King Charles III. The service comes from the chapel of St Peter ad Vincula here in His Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress of the Tower of London. My name is Canon Roger Hall and today we are reflecting upon several of the items of royal regalia used at the coronation yesterday in Westminster Abbey. <laughs> Let us pray. We have come together in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world, and to seek forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. We also gather this day to pray for our new King, that now and always God may grant him wisdom and grace for his ministry amongst us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we, with Charles our King, give ourselves to the service of God. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Blessed are you, Lord Jesus, for as you were sent by the Father, so you send us. Equip Charles, our King, and all your people with the gifts to fulfil our calling, that we may love as you loved, serve as you served, and willingly follow wherever you lead. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever.
Welcome to His Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress of the Tower of London and the Chapel Royal of St. Peter ad Vincula. This chapel was constructed on the orders of King Henry VIII in 1520 to replace an earlier chapel that was damaged in a fire in 1481. The chapel was constructed to serve all those who worked for the royal family inside the Tower of London. Monarchs had their own chapel in the White Tower, often referred to as the Conqueror's Chapel, the oldest Norman chapel in Great Britain, the chapel of St John the Evangelist. This chapel quickly became more than just another small place of worship to serve those who lived and worked in the tower. Before long, it was to become the repository of those who were executed either in the tower or on Tower Hill, and then brought back here for burial, minus their heads. Amongst those who were buried here are three queens of England, Anne Boleyn, Catherine Howard, and Lady Jane Grey, along with St Thomas More and St John Fisher. For many people visiting the Tower of London, the crown jewels are at the heart of their visit. The crown jewels are amongst the most visited objects in Britain. The heart of the collection is the Coronation Regalia, a group of highly symbolic objects used since 1661 to crown our sovereigns. Unlike most of its European counterparts, the Regalia of Britain are not just a beautiful collection of museum items, but a working collection of items that we saw in use yesterday at the coronation of King Charles III. I'm going to focus on three of these items as you join us in worship today. But first, the choir are going to sing an anthem, Sing We Merrily, by Sidney Campbell, who was organist at St George's Chapel, Windsor.
A reading from the first letter of Peter. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the King. This year is the 400th anniversary of the death of William Byrd in 1623, and the anthem the choir about to sing is one of his most famous English anthems. O Lord, make thy servant and sovereign Lord King Charles.
The coronation spoon is the oldest piece in the royal collection and dates from 1150. It is the only piece of medieval regalia to survive the time of Oliver Cromwell, who melted down and sold off all the other pieces in the medieval collection. It was returned to Charles II for his coronation in 1661. At the coronation, and after the monarch has made his oath, the first thing to happen is the Archbishop of Canterbury pours oil from the ampulla, oil which has come from the Holy Land, onto the ancient coronation spoon and anoints the monarch on his hands, breast and head. This special form of holy blessing can be traced back as far as the Anglo-Saxon kings of the 800s. The first mention of anointing in the Bible happens in Exodus chapter 30 and was then exclusively for priests. By the time of Saul, Samuel and David, kings were being anointed to set them apart as holy and sacred. Psalm 45 says, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. By anointing the king, it is believed that they are empowered through the power of the Holy Spirit and set apart. Our next anthem by Grace and Ayers is Listen, Sweet Dove. Based upon a poem by George Herbert for Whit Sunday, it refers to the Holy Spirit.
there are at least five royal scepters, two of which are used by the king and queen at their coronation. The two used at King Charles III's coronation are the sovereign scepter with cross and the sovereign scepter with dove, both of which date to 1661 and have been used at every coronation since then. Their significance was described at the coronation of William the Conqueror on Christmas Day in 1066. For by the scepter uprisings in the kingdom are controlled and the rod gathers and confines those men that stray, emphasising that the rod also symbolised the monarch's pastoral care to his people. The choir are now going to sing Psalm 23. After the restoration of Charles II in 1660, a whole new set of regalia had to be made and at the heart of that regalia had to be the crown. Since then, a number of other crowns have been created, but at the coronation, the monarch is crowned with St. Edward's crown, but leaves wearing the imperial state crown, and this has been the case ever since 1661. St. Edward's crown is only used for coronations 
And at this point in the coronation, the Archbishop of Canterbury blesses the crown, then places it on the head of the sovereign, who is seated on the coronation chair. At this point, there is a trumpet fanfare, bells ring out, and there is a great acclamation by all those in the Abbey and around the world. God save the King! At the same time, a 62-gun salute takes place here at the Tower of London. The symbolism of wearing crowns stretches back over 4,000 years. By tradition, a crown symbolises authority, legitimacy, tradition, and sometimes victory. Throughout the Bible, crowns represented the divine right of a person to be a new ruler, seen in the example of King David, as in Psalm 132. Interestingly, a bishop's mitre has been interpreted as a kind of crown by some people. St Edward's crown is a heavy crown, wearing 2.3 kilograms, but in the end, it has been seen as the ultimate symbol of majesty, glory, and service to God and his people. We're delighted that Francis Pott, a respected and well-known composer, agreed to write a special commissioned anthem to mark the coronation here for the chapel of St. Peter ad Vincula. The anthem, the Jubilati, a hymn of praise to God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you reign over all things in wisdom, power, and love. Hear our prayers which we offer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For Charles, our King, that you may pour upon him abundant gifts to help him fulfill the promises made at his coronation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, that he will have the grace, wisdom, and strength to live a life of service to you and to his people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Queen Camilla, William, Prince of Wales, the Princess of Wales, and all the royal family, that they may love and support the King as he bears the burden of his office. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For this United Kingdom and the whole Commonwealth of Nations, for His Majesty's government and ministers, and all who are called to public service, that they will seek justice, mercy, and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the peace of the world, for the flourishing of the church, for the welfare of all people, for those who care for others and for the environment, and for all in need, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, you have taught us that the power of the heart is greater than the power of wealth and might. Hear us as we pray for the fulfillment of your reign. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our King. To him be glory and power forever. Amen. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, bless our sovereign Lord King Charles and all who are in authority under him, that they may order all things in wisdom and equity, righteousness and peace, to the honour of your name and the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen.
grace, to the departed rest, to the Church, the King, the Commonwealth, and all people, unity, peace, and concord, and to us and to all God's servants, life everlasting. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.